I'm an ex-alcoholic, drug addict, criminal, hustler, womanizer, fighter, liar, manipulator, player, drug dealer, thief, abuser, hypocrite, and a worldly confused individual. My name is Ben Lively. I'm not who I was before. I'm a born-again child of the Most High God, anointed, chosen, set apart, and called to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. I teach Christians the truth of God's word. I'm a mouthpiece for the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not compromise, play any games, or waste time with this mission from on high. I know that in and of myself, I am nothing. I need God for every breath I take and every move I make. I have Christ living in me, and I'm burning with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm different now and forevermore. This earth is not my home. I know that, and I declare it boldly. I'm strong in prayer, praying in power, and in the Spirit. I will preach, teach, deliver, evangelize, prophesy, baptize, and build up groups of believers as God allows. He is working through me as I'm surrendered to His service as an instrument of righteousness. And if you know me or get to know me, you'll realize that I take no credit for this, but God gets all the glory. In Christ I live, and to heaven I will rise. Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome everyone. Hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively. And you are listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 13. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. And listen, if you find any value in today's episode, please pass the news, pass the podcast name, and link to a friend, family, or colleague that you feel would benefit from this show and become blessed as you are through the words that the Lord shares through these messages. It's probably one of the easiest things you can do to spread the word, just Pass the resource on and let God do the rest. Just a note, if you haven't checked out the show yet, uh, check it out at www.shaken-awake.com. Please do. It's got all the podcasts, a transcript of each, along with some other items. Also, please connect with the show via LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and new Shaken Awake podcast Facebook group. Thanks to my brother, Ethan Van Scoy, uh, for really, and I mean really, getting the word out and the invites flowing to others across the nation. Uh, also, Twitter, uh, with more great avenues and channels to follow, helping to spread the messages even further. And I'm using those channels to provide even more messages throughout the week. So please check them out if you have not already. Also, God is taking his messages through this podcast to further uh, reaches of the international world. He's now placed us with some listeners from India, uh, in addition to Canada, Brazil, UK, Germany, and Australia. So welcome aboard India. Uh, glad to have you with us and joining us. Do spread the word there if you could. And as always, I promise you another great show, but more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He is always right there with you, even when you think he's not. Uh, So let's get ready to invite him in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your hearts and minds. Uh, So here goes. Here is today's topic. Is your life's algorithm dictated by God or the world around you? 
The point of today's episode that I really want to hit home for all of you is the one that God revealed to me within the past couple of years that I had been completely blind to my entire life. My eyes and my mind and my heart concealed and blinded uh, just by the the hands of the enemy as he is so well skilled at. And the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that so many like me have been and are being led astray by the enemy and tricked into believing and placing emphasis in our daily lives on the things that are of the world, but not necessarily of God, oftentimes without even realizing it. So it's a topic that he's dropped in my lap almost two years ago and finally opened my eyes to realize how he had been working to reverse the curse of the enemy's stronghold on my life. And he's placed this back in front of me this past week to speak with you on today. So let's get deep into the word today and see what God and his word says and discuss how it impacts us and equally as important how we can learn to recognize that God provides, but the world deceives and our actions dictate who wins in our lives. So I'm going to quickly give my brother Ethan Van Squay out there in Texas some deep thanks and credit for the fellowship we had the other evening that that brought this out to the surface. Uh, we were talking about The Matrix, the movie, and he reminded me of the scene where Neo, uh, played by Keanu Reeves, came out of the tub covered in that gel, and he was finally able to uh, pull the plugs out of him that connected him to uh, The Matrix, or in better words, the seen world around him. And when he does, he sees the world as it truly is without being plugged into it. So this this scene is a great visual aid and foundation for today's message. The world around us in the spiritual is vastly different from the world around us in the natural. In fact, they're, they're polar opposites. Yet the majority of the world cannot see it as God sees it. So we are, in essence, fooled by the matrix, the one owned by the God of this world, Satan and his demons and his children. We would not be able to handle it if we could truly see it for what it was. We'd mostly like likely go into a heart failure or, or other. Well, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, that'll be another subject for another episode. Um, this discussion with my brother Ethan got me thinking about what the Lord had shown me a couple years ago after he called me back to him. There are algorithms that most of us are familiar with today. For those of you, of you that don't know, I'm going to give a quick explanation and you can find out a lot of information if it interests you as it did me. And for those of you that are already aware, I'm just going to quickly mention and set the stage and lay the foundation for where the Lord's take uh, going to take us today with this message. So algorithms uh, are used for calculation, uh, data processing, and automatic reasoning. So whether you're aware of it or not, algorithms are becoming an ever-present part of our lives. We can, we can see them at work in the world. An algorithm tells the computer what to do in order to generate a certain outcome. Social networks... Uh, especially those like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, Pinterest, and many, many more prioritize which content a user, you and I, sees in our feed first by the likelihood that we'll actually want to see it. So by default, social media algorithms take the reins of determining which content to you uh, to deliver to you based on your behavior. 
If you want to know more about it, just Google it. But don't be surprised if for the next two to three weeks, you get messages and pop-ups and recommendations on algorithms and other quote-unquote coincidental suggestions. Believe me, Google's at the top of the algorithm formula, as as is all the uh, online retail giants like Amazon. So now we have additional audible and visual algorithm generators. Think um, Alexa, Siri, your own cell phone and and tablets and others. Ever, Ever heard them respond or make a reference or suggestion or other seemingly out of nowhere? Well, that was them listening and adding what they saw or heard in your life's algorithm. This is not tinfoil hat stuff, folks. This isn't doomsday or doom and gloom theories I'm explaining here. Don't believe me? Well, believe the companies that widely and openly admit that they're doing this. The last wow factor type of information I received from Amazon is that Amazon's algorithms are so strong and powerful right now, they're often able to realize a woman is pregnant before she does based on her search and her buying habits. That's just scary. I don't know about you, but something just doesn't sit well with me on that one. Uh, You know, on the technology scheme of things, on the surface, this is pretty cool. You know, almost sci-fi type of thing happening. On the spiritual side of things, it's definitely a tool of the enemy, and he's helping to make it stronger and stronger uh, the moment the internet was formed. It's a great avenue for him to use for his destructive plans and desires. Just as God uses technology to help his followers gain more knowledge and access, the devil does as well. Here's the point. The algorithm is based on you and your interests and your desires and your wants and your passions and your curiosities and your beliefs and your idols. Yeah, I said it, your idols. I'm not pointing fingers here. I'm stating facts. To show you what I mean, let me tell you what my algorithms used to generate and send me on a daily, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour basis. You know, suggestions and ideas and links to porn, to alcohol, to worldly trinkets and toys, to worldly pleasures, to hate-filled speech and political rhetoric, to subject matter that was completely against God and absolutely against what he wanted in my life. I remember searching and looking for videos of actual beheadings and suicide on film and murder and much, much worse. So these negative images and suggestions and ploys to get me to go down these villainous rabbit holes were, yes, from the devil, but they originated from me. I had no one else to blame but me. It was technological and digital proof that I was worshiping and following the things of this world and not Jesus. These algorithms took the evil I had inside and perpetuated them to even greater heights and deeper depths. became a vicious cycle. Uh, my, my sin was fueling new sin. My sinful nature was creating a bigger sinful life and just broadening the path to hell I was on. I was assisting the devil in his own plot to seek, kill, and destroy me and those around me. If this sounds bad and horrible and deplorable and despicable and evil, that's right. It was, Absolutely. Do you think I had any pleasant things in my algorithm? Absolutely not. Were any godly things popping up on my devices or in my recommended or suggested uh, items to read or research or buy? Absolutely not. Was there life or death in my daily algorithms I had created? Most certainly death. No scriptures, no pureness, no holiness, 
No Christian or biblical knowledge or wisdom. No God, no Jesus, no Holy Spirit, no salvation. But God. God showed up. God saved me. He called me. He, along with his Holy Spirit, guided me out of the disastrous realm and algorithm and helped me see the world for what it was. Just like Neo in the Matrix, he helped unplug what the enemy had me plugged into for so long. And I actually saw the world for what it was. It's it's a sixth sense that God has given me ever since. I saw the horrors of the earth and the children of Satan that dwell here. I saw the lies the enemy uses to distract and destroy people and their families and their faith. I see how the enemy has used these worldly pleasures and his tactics to turn the wolves to appear as sheep. I see how he uses us to help him change our algorithms so we help him generate our own distractions and demise. I see how I was once deceived and how he continues to try and deceive me. Sometimes he still wins. But his win is quickly shut out by my Savior, Jesus Christ. His plots and his plans are revealed to me, and he's defeated by Jesus daily. So God revealed to me how I had been feeding my life's algorithm to reflect the world and not him. So what did I immediately do? I did what faith told me to do, and I got the work. I began deleting social accounts, social media accounts. I began deleting so-called friends that stood for the wrong things. I began unfollowing and deleting those that had posts that represented the things of the world, the flesh, the pride, the pleasures, the pursuits of things that are not God, the selfish, the glamorous, the things that did not promote God or holy and righteous living. In fact, those are the things I began searching and looking up and dwelling upon, not to be uh, legalistic, let me, let me point that out right now. It was because I felt I had to, although that would have been absolutely in and of itself, it's because I desired to. I sought after with all my heart the one thing that now my heart belongs to, and that's Jesus Christ. I couldn't get enough. I still can't. I started reading my Bible, which has its own living and breathing algorithm set in motion by God, the creator and author of this universe and everything in it. The one whose algorithm begun before the earth was formed and will continue on forever. I started researching sermons uh, from the likes of Charles Spurgeon and uh, spiritual books and devotionals to populate and recreate my new algorithms. I started researching uh, additional information on the meaning of certain passages in the Bible and podcasts that were biblically sound and aligned with the word. I started making good friends online that shared in the love for Jesus and the Bible and salvation and redemption and repentance. It's in these things my algorithm became one with God's algorithm and the two fused together to become one. The channel between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit became overpowering in my life and consumed my hours and my days. The light became brighter, the the love became stronger, my faith became bolder, my actions based from faith became less planned and more natural and from the heart. My heart grew 10 times bigger. Scales fell off my eyes and the cement was taken out of my ears and my heart became flesh from rock. My desires and actions and love for Christ became what I now put into the algorithm that God then used to build me up and others who in turn turn did the same for each other. 
God took what the enemy made for evil and used it for good. God put a virus in my own life's algorithm to stop the vileness, the hatred, the evil, and through his salvation and grace and love and power, he reversed the curse Satan had on me and changed my worldly life to become a life that glorifies him and a life that's pleasing to him. I'm not the same anymore, but that's none of my doing. It's all of God's doing. I'm not strong enough to do what he did. I, I was only willing. That's all. And even that, I contribute to the power and love the Holy Spirit has and gave to me. The only thing I was strong enough in my own strength to do was follow Satan, whether on a conscious or subconscious level, and obey his calling through his earth that he rules. But even he knows he's been defeated. So I thank God that he has helped me play a small role in helping to defeat Satan in my life and for those around me that God has instructed me to follow and pursue and lead in his name. You know, I'm, I'm no longer distracted by the algorithm the world would have me help create and then follow and then habitually grow. I'm now, with God's guidance and blessing and instruction, growing in my spiritual walk with and for him. Now back in the race that he has set before me, I can now run and reach the finish line. I can now see and follow the straight and narrow path that few find. I can now be rid of the... The broad and easy path that leads many to destruction and stay focused on what's right, what's God. You know, when Adam and Eve fell, so did the world. Just because the world is in a fallen state and seemingly becoming more and more fallen does not mean you have to fall victim to its convincing but evil draw in your life. In fact, because we serve a God that sent his son, Jesus Christ, God in human form to die and take the punishment of our sins so we didn't have to endure an eternity in hell. We have salvation to those who believe and follow Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ our Lord. You are not in Jesus if you're in the world. As Matthew 6.33 states, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? When we look at the scripture, we find them not to be only from Jesus, but the most radical that our ears have ever heard. Seek first the kingdom of God. Even the most spiritually minded of us state the exact opposite, saying, but I must live. I must make a certain amount of money. I must be clothed. I must be fed. Jesus overturned the demand by telling us to get the right relationship with God first maintaining it as the principal concern of our lives and never to place our concern on taking care of the other things in life. The question of our lives is not what will I do with my life, but rather what will life do to me? So herein lies the secret. Life will do to you whatever you let it. Obviously, we have little control over a myriad of circumstances that occur in our lives, but we can still feed the machine. Yet we have complete control over how we interpret those circumstances and ultimately how they affect us. Through God and his promises, he works for the good of those who love him. In Matthew 6.25, Jesus stated that from his standpoint, it's absolutely unreasonable for us to be anxious or worrying about how we will live. Jesus didn't say that the believer who takes not thought for anything in his or her life is blessed. No, that person is a fool. 
Jesus did, however, teach that his disciple just makes his relationship with God the dominating focus of his life and to be cautiously carefree about everything else in comparison to that. So in essence, Jesus was saying, don't make food and drink the controlling factor of your life, but be focused solely and absolutely on God. Just so happens that many people are careless about what they do. They're careless with their earthly matters and God holds them responsible. Jesus is saying that the greatest concern of life is to place our relationship with God first and everything else second. It's one of the most difficult but uh, you know cr crucial disciplines of the Christian life, and, and that is to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into absolute and perfect harmony with the teachings of Jesus. So it begs the question, does the Bible have a formula for attaining absolute righteousness? Is there an algorithm? For total righteousness? Yes. The Bible teaches a guaranteed way to achieve total and complete righteousness. And because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. You know, we looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start is created new. The old life is gone. A new life prospers, as it states in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 16 through 17. All this is God's doing. He's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and he's made us agent, uh, agents of the reconciliation. God was in Christ personally reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and he's commissioned us with the message of re reconciliation. We're now Christ's ambassadors, as though God were appealing directly to you through us. As his personal agents, we say, make your peace with God. As it states in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, uh, 18 through 20. For God had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. So then, what exactly is the algorithm for total righteousness? But many will say that formula is too easy. There must be an algorithm to achieve total righteousness. Yes, there is. Salvation may be free, but it's not cheap. Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. He took the complete penalty for all your sins, past, present, and future, onto himself on the cross. Therefore, he has the right and the power to make you righteous. For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that comes by faith from start to finish. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. Romans 1, 17. But you know that Christ appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin. That's 1 John 3, 5. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. That's 1 Peter 2, 22. In Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our trespass, trespasses and was raised to life for our justification. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by, be, by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's Galatians 3.13. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who's become uh, for us wisdom from God, a righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That's 1 Corinthians 1.30. So my final question to you is then this. 
Is your life's algorithm dictated by God or the world around you? So to help, James chapter 4, 1 to 6 provides us the following to consider, okay? What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he's placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. My final statement is this. Don't allow the things of this world or its pleasures to allow you to create an algorithm that's contrary to God's intended algorithm for your life. Take a lesson and warning that Paul provides us in Romans chapter 7 as you move forward in life. It goes, likewise, my brothers, you have you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So the law and sin, what then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Covetness, For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin may be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am the flesh sold under sin. For I don't understand my own actions. For I do not know I do not do what I want, but I do the very things I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law and that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. 
So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. So before we end today's show, I just want to thank you all again for tuning in. And I hope you were touched by God through today's message and scripture. I'd like to ask you a favor, only if you received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know, call them, text them, email them, talk to them, tell them to give the show a listen. It may just help them in their walk with Christ. And also, I really need your support. If you could give me a quick star rating uh, on your phone app or your, your device, it takes literally three to five seconds. I'd love that help and support from you guys, which will allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to reach even more lives through the broadcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can write me a note on www.shaken-awake.com forward slash contact. You can also email me directly at ben at shaken-awake.com or even call or text me directly for any reason at 407 407- 493-3208. Again, that number is 407-493-3208. I'd love your feedback, your questions, your requests, your ideas, criticisms, corrections. If it's important to you, it's important to me. And also, I'd, I'd if you'd like to be a guest of this show, please reach out to me as well. If you have a life or, or eternity-changing story you'd like to share, please let me know, and I'll schedule you in. We don't hear enough of the truth these days or the positive ways of God and Jesus Christ these days. And this podcast, with your help, is going to help change that up. I'd love your help with this where you can. So next week... Next week is a first of its kind for this show. We've got our first guest joining us on the show. His name is a name I've made several mentions to uh, over the past couple of weeks and one I'm very excited to announce and introduce you to. He's a man of God, a servant leader, a teacher of the Bible and Jesus Christ, and I'm proud to say he's a brother of mine and yours. Look forward to next week's podcast as we welcome Ethan Van Scoy of Texas onto the show and learn more about how he was saved and shaken awake, how the Lord has used him to serve others, and where the Lord is leading him and his family to. Next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. So tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able. Ethan's got quite a story that will bless us all and be quite a huge and yet another example of God's miracles. So until next week, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. 